Hello and a warm welcome. I am Armin Trost, Professor for Organizational Behavior at the Furtwangen University in Germany and this is my course on Social Research Methods. So, welcome back. Um, in the last episode we were talking about testing and there is one thing more that I have to share at least at this point. The question is, you already got the indication that tests sometimes are good and tests sometimes are not so good. So there is a variation with regards to let's say the quality of tests. There are bad tests and there are good tests. And the question is now, what is the difference between a good test and a not so good test? And there are three criteria. And these three criteria are essential. And really, everybody who is somehow familiar with social research method must be familiar with these three criteria. And also, when you buy a report, when you buy a test or so, I mean, when you really buy a personality test, uh, a classic one, and a really validated one, it's, it's pretty expensive. You don't get these things for free in the internet. Uh, it's pretty expensive. And along with this test comes a, a manual. This is how we name it. Uh, sometimes a thick book. And, and when, you, when, you, when you look through such a book, a manual, then you will find a lot of statistics, a lot of numbers. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. And it's not crazy, but, but you, you will be surprised maybe how much, how much statistics there is in such, a, in such a manual. And what is the essence of these things? One thing, of course, is what I shared with when we were talking about measurement, the item total correlation, for instance. That's something that you find in almost uh, any report. Uh, you find something like Kronbach's Alpha, but you will also find things around validity, reliability, and objectivity. So let us talk about these three criteria. And that's the only thing I would like to do in this particular episode. So I dedicated this one just to these criteria. Uh, for those who know my human resource management episodes on YouTube, I published a, a video on candidate selection and it's the it's candidate selection number two, part two episode where I'm mainly talking about validity, reliability and objective, object, objectivity. That was around 70, seven years ago. <laughs> Did nothing change since then. Okay, so let's talk about this. And I would like to start to talk about validity, okay? What is validity? Validity is about whether or not a test really measures what it is supposed to measure. That's it. You have an intelligence test. Does that particular test really measure intelligence? Or does it measure something else? Does the personality test really measure personality? Or something else? That's the question here. 
system care. And that's the most important criteria, whether a test really measures what it is supposed to measure. The second criteria is reliability. We could also um, name this um, to, to what extent a test is precise. Yeah. Um, so reliability is when you when you measure something, um, how much error is in this? How much noise? How much ra random error really? Um, uh, how how precise does it measure? Um, when you when you measure the same thing really the same thing with the same test over and over again, do you always get the same result? That's reliability, accuracy. Right? That's, 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 that's about reliability. And there is a special thing that goes a little bit into the direction of reliability, but it's something special. It's uh, we call objectivity. And we, we, we used this term already in, a, in one of the earlier episodes. Objectivity is the question to which extent any measurement is independent from the one doing the measurement. So when, when we measure intelligence, the intelligence test is objective when it's completely independent who is conducting that test. Is it me as a researcher conducting the intelligence test with John or is it another researcher conducting the intelligence test with John? We both would come or come to the same result because it's not, it's not the researcher who determines the result. It's the subject. So to what extent does the, the measurement really relate to, to what we want to measure and not relate to the one conducting the measurement? That's objectivity. Right? Um, we have this, for instance, uh, that comes to mind that was something that I dealt with intensively during my doctoral thesis when it came to grading. So uh, when a teacher grades a student, uh, um, to what extent does do grades really describe the performance of the student? And we know that to 40% in 40 of the variance is explained by the teacher. What does that mean? Grading very often does not measure the student. Grading very often measures the teacher. Interesting, huh? So, and that's, that is an indication that grading very often is not objective. Whether you get a good grade or a bad grade does not only, does not only depend on whether you are a good student or not so good student. It depends on which professor is evaluating you. So the grade describes something that relates to the professor and not to the teacher and not to the student. And that, that's about objectivity. And that should not happen, really. That should not happen. A grade should just reflect a student's performance and nothing else. Okay? So, now, how do we measure these things? In, in social research, we do not just guess validity. We, we, really, want to, um, we really want to express this in, in clear numbers. Okay? And 
now again, validity, what is that? I, I, I have here this picture with these different dots and, uh, you know, I, I also love to play golf. <laughs> and maybe that, that helps a little bit, this, this, this example here. When I, when I hit a ball towards uh, a flag, the target, the hole, right? And um, then, to, then when, when, I, when I really always, when I always, when the ball is always around the hole, around the target, then I would say it's validity, high validity. The ball is landing where the ball is supposed to land, right? And so the direction is fine. The average direction is fine. That's, that's validity, okay? Uh, compared to reliability, reliability is the spread. <laughs> so it could be that things spread around the hole, so amateurs very often hit, the, hit many balls towards the flag and then the balls are really spread around the hole in a very, in a huge, huge uh, variance. So that, must, that would be low reliability. When you hit the ball and always in the same spot, then you have a high level of reliability. And when this spot where the balls land are all around the flag, then it's not only reliable, it's also valid. <laughs> the direction is fine and the variance is low the error, the variance of the error is low. And then that's what you want. So sometimes it could be that you always hit the same spot, always the same. So it would be a high level of accuracy. Very, you play extremely precise. But the spot where all the balls land are far away from the flag. <laughs> then validity would be low. But you, you hit very precise, very constant. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, maybe that idea helps again just uh, as, a, as a kind of um, additional thoughts to that. So, validity. We want to know whether a test really measures what it is supposed to measure. And I would uh, share with you a typical example. I just take one out of, of many possible examples. Uh, and I would like to stick to uh, this idea of of intelligence, okay? Intelligence test. So, uh, what we typically do is the following. You take, let's say, 1,000 people, okay? And all 1,000 people do the test. And let's say all these people are um, corona peoples, people, so they all finished school. And so we have 1,000 test scores. For every person, we have one test score, right? So, but we do not only look at the test scores. We not only measure the intelligence. We also look at the overall school grades of, let's say, elementary school. Okay. Let's assume there is one uh, final overall grade from elementary school. So what, what, we, what we have then is a very simple table. Uh, you can imagine this in Excel, two, two, two columns. For, for every person we tested, there is two cells. One is the intelligence test, and the other one is the school grade from elementary school. So we have 1,000 pairs of, of, of numbers. So what we do now to understand whether intelligence really measures intelligence is we simply correlate intelligence scores with grading. And now assume the following. Now let's assume the correlation would be close to zero. What would that mean? That would mean that intelligence would by no mean 
predict performance in school. But since performance in school is assumed to be uh, related to, to cognitive performance, thinking, learning, that would be a surprise. And as a consequence, we would say, well, that's a bad test, right? That test does not really measure intelligence when there is no correlation at all. I mean, I mean that was the original idea of intelligence testing to predict performance in school. That was the original idea back in the early uh, 20th century. But when it does not, then the test is lousy. It does, you would come to the conclusion that it does not measure what it is supposed to measure, right? So we better expect a, a high correlation. This is what we expect if the test is really good. So now we know that very often very, very smart people are not good in school. Yes, of course. There's always a kind of error in it. But overall, as an overall tendency, we would assume this. So this is how the validity of intelligence test very often is, is, is calculated by using a correlation technique and comparing the test scores with the with external criteria. So that's, that's the idea. Reliability. Let's have uh, uh, an example here. How do you measure reliability? Now let's, let's have the idea of a personality test. Okay? Personality, what is that? A personality is um, a stable disposition to behave in the same way in, in various situations. What does that mean? If you are, we assume that personality is about five dimensions. Right? This is the big five, big five, uh, the big five factor model. Uh, we say uh, personality consists of these five independent factors. And one factor is agreeableness. Agreeableness it means that mm, some people are very high on agreeableness. These are people who tend to uh, put the interests of others over their own interest. People who are very high on agreeableness, they, they, they do hard to say no. They are very bad negotiator, really. And, and they always ask, what do you want? And, and then they want to hear what you want. And then they do what you want. You know, it's, it's, so if you are low on agreeableness, you, you do very hard to say yes. <laughs> You always say no, and you put your own interest over anything else. This is low agreeableness. And we assume that, that personality is something stable over time. That's the idea. Now, uh, let's, let's assume we have a test that measures agreeableness. And this is something that every uh, elaborated, uh, successful, sophisticated personality test actually does. It always includes this factor about agreeableness. So, let's say, again, we have 1,000 people, okay? 1,000 people. And on one time, we measure agreeableness using this scale, this battery of, of items that is included in this personality inventory. So, as a result, we get 1,000 test scores, right? And some people rank uh, high on agreeableness and some medium and some low. So this is what we get. The whole range. For every person, we have this score. Okay? Good. Now, since we assume that agreeableness as a personality trait does not change over time, 
Then we, when we would measure the same dimension again half year later, or let's say three months later, with a maybe not the same test, but with a, a, a parallel version, as we say, a test which is very similar in, with regards to the con. It's, it's pretty much the same test. Maybe a little bit of different wording, but pretty much the same test. We measure again with the same test three months later. Every single person. Okay? So what we get is for every person two scores. One in the beginning and the other score after three months. Right? Now, we assume that when this test is precise, yeah, if this test does not produce too much noise, random errors, whatever it really measures, <laughs> yeah, we would expect that we get the same results after three months for every single person. So one person had a score of, let's say, 86, whatever that means, uh, in the beginning. And when we measure the same dimension, agreeableness, again, three months later, we would again expect 86 because the test is so precise. And the, the personality dimension did not change with that person. So, so we correlate again. We, we calculate the correlation between test and retest. So that's why this particular reliability, we also name the test-retest reliability. Okay, that's the idea. Test-retest reliability. And that's supposed to be high. Okay. So, there is another one, objectivity. Let's talk about this. As I said, objectivity refers to the extent to which a measurement is independent from the one doing the measurement. Okay? That's an important sentence. Uh, so, how can we measure this? Um, there are multiple ways, but, but let me share something which, which is very practical and something that we also find in, in the field or in, in practice when we do kind of yeah, a, a measurement. So um, sometimes in some studies there are two researchers observing one and the same thing. Right? So for instance, um, in an interview, in an interview in a, in the business, in an organization, there might be uh, multiple applicants. Let's say there are 20 applicants. Okay? And there are two HR professionals. Two well-trained HR professionals. Both have the same task. They have to estimate certain competencies of this applicant. So, in other words, that's a way of measuring things, right? And let's assume they do it in a very systematic way. They ask very specific questions and then they listen and they interpret what they listen and then they come to the conclusion and say, okay, team ability of this candidate on a scale from 0 to 10 is maybe 7, 8, 5, whatever, okay? So can you imagine this? 20 candidates, 
are evaluated along the same criteria, team ability, let's stick to this example, by two persons independently. So you have person A, HR professional A, HR professional B, and both make an evaluation about each candidate. So, based on a certain method, right? If this method is really objective, then we would assume that both HR professionals independently come to the same result per each candidate. So that the variation of the outcome is just related to the difference of the candidates and not to the difference of the HR professionals. Okay, so again in this case we calculate a correlation between observer 1 and observer 2. This is what we do and, and when, we, when we come to um, content analysis or when we talk about systematic observation in, in uh, one of the next episodes I, I, I will refer to this again. It's, it's, very, it's very important. So, as a summary, I know this was a little bit vague, or maybe not. <laughs> uh, it was an important episode, just talking about validity, reliability, and objectivity. And, yeah, I would like to leave it to this. And next time, we're going to talk about asking questions, running surveys, using questionnaires, and all the like. Okay, so again, thanks for listening and hope we see you next time. <laughs>